0: And through the process of the press conferences that he held and the appearances that he made, including our coach's show at Rudy's, Bob Stoops lived it as a player's program. And by God, Josh, whenever that team took the field last night, they, they played as if their hair was on fire for that man. Now, again, the, the second half was a little bit of a frustration, I think, for everyone involved defensively. And I completely and totally understand that. But you know what? It was it was really really cool just to see the plan come to fruition and to see what we thought was possibly going to be the way that this would play out, which was in Oklahoma, uh, rolling Oregon, and they went out and they did it, man. It was it was it was it was awesome
1: came out like we thought that they would would come out in this game right a very motivated team led by Bob Stoops if there was one thing you felt confident in it was that Bob Stoops would push the right buttons here to have this team laser focused to have it motivated to end its season the right way and that's that's exactly what we saw and as you and I talked about yesterday I expected a big night for Kennedy Brooks I thought Cale Gundy in Oklahoma and Bob Stoops would want to establish the run game in this bowl game yeah, versus Oregon. And, well, I would say a hat trick in touchdowns and the greatest first half rushing that a Sooner has ever had in a bowl <laughs> game would, would certainly back that up.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think we pretty much saw what we wanted to see for the running game. Okay, so here's my question to you. In the hour that we have where uh, we, we assume we're not going to have to worry about phone connections and it's just you and me, do you want to hit on the game? Do you want to hit on Bob? Do you want to talk about Brent? Uh, or do you want to spend some time in this first hour on Caleb Williams and the first time that we really heard from him postgame? I mean, what was the postgame show like last night?
1: It was good uh, for a late postgame show. I give it up to our listeners out there. We still had busy phone lines and just excitement, man. I- excitement that it, it ended the way it was supposed to end, right? If you're an Oklahoma fan, obviously it's been a month of turmoil for the Oregon Ducks as well. But living here in Norman and being around the University of Oklahoma and talking about the Sooners every day, this was a crazy month for Oklahoma football. You you lose Bedlam. The season all of a sudden is – it's a disappointment. It wasn't what it was built to be. Bob Stoops comes in, saves the day. The recruiting class that you thought could go sideways instead has stabilized and wound up being about as good as any recruiting class you've signed recently. And, oh, by the way, they're not done. So, Bob Stoops' loyalty – it had to get rewarded, and and last night it was, and that was a common theme from uh, college last night.
0: Mm. Agreed. Agreed. I, you know what? I, I real quick a sidebar. Um, it's uh, someone had a sign. I think Mister OU had a sign last night, and and I, honestly, it, it kind of made me laugh a little bit because Josh, you know me. Um, I, I subscribe to the Million Dollar Man theory in life which is every man has its price right every man has their price so I had to laugh whenever I saw the sign that um that Mr. OU had and it said family doesn't have a price or you can't put a price on family or something like that I did kind of have to laugh a little bit because in my mind I was like well you know I I don't necessarily know of I think there's a certain there's a certain part of me that you know maybe maybe could be bought if necessary, I won't lie. M- maybe you could buy me? But in all seriousness, I think I here's my hope from last night. Let's just focus on the game itself. Number 1. And I don't think well, I don't correct me if you think I'm wrong. I don't think the conversation about well, I don't want Brian Odom, or I don't want Calvin Thibodeau, or I don't want maybe more specifically, you know, Jamar Kane USC guys, right? Or Will Johnson, or Connor McQueen, or you know, uh, Austin Woods. Any of these dudes that are going to USC, I don't, I don't want them to potentially be swaying the decision-making process of any of these dudes. I don't, I don't think you and I got much of that on this show. And I don't know how much we truly had of it uh, on our station. Maybe it was more of a uh, of a message board conversation. But I hope in what you you saw from Odom, Kane, and Thibodeau last night. Uh, Connor was coaching the receivers. And did a coach coach McQueen did a great job with them. Um, Will Johnson did a pretty good job, I thought, with the safeties last night. I think he was doing safeties and corners. Uh, Chip Finney was helping out as well. But I think in what you saw is, Josh, they had the purest intentions. They were there to win a football game and finish something they started. And this team finished last night, right, from a very frustrating month. They went out and showed, hey, we're okay. Those coaches put it all together. Out there. I mean, I was I was so happy for Brian Odom. I was so and I know Kale's still here, but I was so happy for Kale Gundy. I mean, so happy for Kale last night. Over the moon, excited for that dude last night. And you saw Nate Faken through the Twitter, through the video out on Twitter, the emotions of Calvin Thibodeau. I was I was on the other side of that, and I even walked away. I was like, oh, I didn't get to tell Tibbs thank you and how much that he meant to me. You know, the, we're pretty lucky, Josh. The, the assistant coaches don't talk or Hatton, in, in in at least what, you know, Coach Riley did. And Bob didn't have a ton of assistant availability, but you would still be able to talk to him after games every now and then. But – you know, I was lucky where we did that coach's show so we would get a chance to talk to him every single week for about 30 minutes with, with each assistant. So you had an opportunity. I had an opportunity to, to get to know some of those guys pretty well. And I, and I, hope, I hope, Josh, that I did a good job of sharing that on the air with some of the audio that we were privy to and maybe some of the stories that we were able to share. I don't think anyone can truly realize how stand-up of those three dudes it was to come back when all three – have new jobs and all three have responsibilities at those new jobs and I was I'm thinking about a Brian Odom you know who played for Bob Stoops was recruited by Bob Stoops and then had a chance to call a defense alongside Bob Stoops I'm thinking about Calvin Thibodeau who wants to be here and he wants to be here and to know that you know, and, uh, unfortunately for him, there's going to be another direction. Uh, Jamar Cain, who wants to be here, who, did you, did? I don't know if anyone reported on this or not, but I think one of my favorite stories from last night, do you know where Jamar Cain started the game? You know where he was at the start of the game? He was in a booth. And by the way, I never saw the ESPN TV reporter on our sidelines. Did he ever report from our sidelines?
1: <laughs> I,
0: I don't know. So, anyway, my favorite story from last night with Jamar Kane. Started up in the booth to be the eyes in the sky for Coach Odom. Josh, after the edges play were playing so poorly, he came down to the field for the final two drives. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a coach do that. Now, I've seen coaches with like a minute to go in the game. They'll head down the press box. No, no, no. Jamar Kane left the press booth, the coach's booth, and came down to the field because he needed to make sure his guys knew what he needed from them. Because I'm sure Teddy's going to tell you, Josh, for some reason, our ends last night just decided that they were going to race up the field. It's like, oh, that guy just ran by me. My point is not to try to build up too much about those who have moved on. But to hopefully give you that perspective of if your worry was something being amiss about the way they would handle their business or intentions that were less than about trying to help win this game, I'm here to tell you you are dead bleeping wrong, and you need to chill out. Because the emotions in in those dudes' eyes and, and voice and heart, Brian Odom. I don't. We had the we had the video or the interview live, so I don't know if we're going to be able to play it. But he said, you know, I I don't know if it's really hit me that you know this was my last game at Oklahoma. He goes, but I'm sure I'll go back to my hotel room and maybe break down and cry a little bit. And it's just, I mean, it was a real moment. So. Josh, it was one, everyone that is maybe driving back this morning that was here and experienced it, you know. If you watched on TV, you know. For a game that should have been uh, uh, the, the capsulization, that's even a word, encapsulated, one of the more frustrating seasons for Oklahoma football, last night, Josh, was really cool because it became a celebration of OU football. That's a lot of words right there. I don't know if you want to add anything to it. I just try to figure out everything I just said in the last ten minutes, <laughs> but I thought it was—I I thought that angle of being worried about coaches and what their intentions might be—that—that that, I, I hope that was proven dead wrong by what we saw last night.
1: No doubt, totally agree. The the video you mentioned it that Nate Fakin put out there of Coach Tibbs emotional before the game. I mean, how how can you not love and admire that passion? For his players, for the University of, of Oklahoma, and it's the same for the other assistants. They, they were bought in to trying to end this thing the right way for OU. And boy, if they didn't go out and get that
0: accomplished last night. It was cool. Um, all right, quick break. When we come back, let's hit the let's hit the one negative, I guess from last night, right? There was there was a negative. I think, for some fans last night, and we'll explain next. He is Josh Hellman. We are Team No Sleep because we love talking with you so much. So hit us up, 405-329-9000. Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. Hit us up. Hit us up with your thoughts on the biggest moment from last night. It is The Plank Show right here on The round. Uh, hit your calls in a second. So, I'm putting together a list. Josh just tweeted that we're reacting at three two nine nine thousand right now with you. Um, some of my favorite moments. Watching Coach V and Schmitty. I, I shouldn't say watching. That doesn't make a lot of sense. But Coach V and Schmitty watching along from the sidelines. Did TV pick up on that very much?
1: They did, yes. They, they panned over okay. there. It was great to see them. And... <laughs> You know, honestly, kind of not what I was expecting. I I would have expected Brent Venables to be a little more in the shadows for this game. But nah, he was he was out there in the throngs of it, which was, I thought, kind of cool.
0: Yeah, me too. I didn't know what to expect either. Um, I, I, I didn't know if he even wanted to be involved, but. He did, and it was awesome. Did you hear what he said to me in the pregame show? I don't know if he saw that tweet, but Gabe said, hey, we've nominated we've nominated Plank to be your get-back coach, and, and Coach V looked at me and laughed. He goes, he's got no chance. <laughs> he's like, we need a little bit of a bigger dude for that. You got no chance, Plank, and I was like, yes. Uh, so that was cool. I thought the pure joy from the players afterwards was really cool. Those are always – you know, in years past – the locker room is open after bowl games. Obviously with COVID in the last two years it hasn't been. Nothing is more brutal, Josh Helmer, than a locker room after a bowl game loss. The worst. Um it's it's emotional. There's grown men crying. Um it's it's terrible. The other side of that, there is nothing better than a locker room after a bowl game win. There's, there's, well, there's dudes emotional, they're crying, but for different reasons. It's just, it's awesome. So that was pretty cool. Um, the introduction of the big play cowboy hat. Now, I don't know if this continues after tonight, but from my understanding, is it was a gift that was given to Bob Stoops. I think the Alamo Bowl gave it to him is what he ended up saying last night in the presser. And he just basically, in a team meeting the night before the game, said, all right, we're going we're gonna to celebrate our big plays with this. And everyone loved it, and you saw some of the dudes, which, by the way, I think for Kennedy Brooks, he made so many big plays, he ran out of different ways to style and profile with it. But I love the introduction of the big play Cowboy hat, And I just... I mean the the final thing uh, as far as favorite moment was just the Sooner Nation showing out and showing up and showing out because uh, again I'm it's hard for me to tell how it relates on TV and no it wasn't full but Josh that was that had the feel of a Sooner home game
1: absolutely it in every report <laughs> that folks were chiming in with yesterday was I just saw you know. I just saw 2,500 more Oklahoma fans and uh, saw two Oregon fans. So, I mean, it's just crazy (laughs) the way that OU fans traveled to this game. Not surprising. Uh, I I thought Oklahoma would want to be very vocal in their love, admiration, support, specifically for Bob Stoops, but definitely for this program as a whole as well, to say kind of collectively, collective collective gasp that hey exhale yeah it's gonna be okay
0: we're gonna be okay we're gonna be okay all right let's get a couple calls in here josh where did you want to start let's go to shin from tulsa hey
2: guys how are you doing
3: what's going on man how are you i'm doing great i'm actually driving back home to atlanta i used to live in tulsa for over a decade but uh, oklahoma has been a big part of my life i want to talk about boz and brandon but could Um, you know, when I was watching the, when I was watching Bob coming back, it it almost felt like he had granddad energy, you know, just to kind of complete the analogy, you know, dad run off and left this whole of kids who were just trying hard. We don't know what we're doing right now. And granddad's not coming back with all these fancy details and doing things. He knows what works. He wants to reinforce uh, commitment and morale. He wants to bring out the best in these people. And you could see that. You know, in the first, from the time that we found out he was going to be the coach to game day, he was bringing all that morale back home. He was bringing all that confidence back home. You know, you're good enough. We're good enough. And then in the first quarter, he did what Granddad did. He understands what our strengths were. He just said, you know what, we're not going to do anything fancy. We're going to run the ball because we can do that. That's solid games and productivity and confidence that we can do. And for the first quarter, let's be honest, it was a boring game. It was Kennedy Brooks all day. And a couple of dump off passes, and that's fantastic. And then when we got our legs under him, he said, you know what, you feel good about yourself? Let's just open this up. Second quarter got great. Third and fourth, Orton came to life, and we matched them, punch for punch, throw for throw. And I and, I, and that's the thing. Bob just came in, with that kind of granddad energy and settled everything down, throttled everything, but then turned it on when we had to. As far as Brent goes, I'm from Atlanta originally, and I've got a lot of Clemson Tiger friends. And they said, you know what? You're not gonna you're not gonna get Brent. And I'm like, why is that? And he was like, um, because he's recruiting right now that's the kind of guy he is it's like yeah that's the reason why we're gonna get him because brent venable is the kind of old-fashioned corny that says i called you i made a date at your house to come and recruit you for clemson because i'm still on the clemson paycheck and i'm going to answer every single young man and tell you how great clemson is and when my docket is all full and I've talked to every household under my position as defensive coordinator for Clemson, then I'm going to talk about how I'm going to move on because Brent is that type of guy. Thanks a lot. Hmm. Boomer Sooner.
0: See you, man. Thanks for the phone call. Josh, is that what it sounds like when I'm on my phone doing the show on the road? <laughs> no. Okay, okay.
1: If it was, listen, Let's... I would just tell Let's... you, see you tomorrow.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay, I, I can't sure. do three nah, hours of that. I really appreciate the... <laughs> nah, it, it, I appreciate you calling the show. It was not the greatest phone line, but I think your point is a good one. You know, it, Coach Stoops didn't come out. There wasn't any razzle-dazzle, right? There was one reverse that Kale Gundy ran. One reverse. But outside of that, they just lined up and they overpowered Oregon. Right? I mean, that was... Have you ever seen the movie Slap Shot? They, uh, the Hanson brothers, old time hockey. Eddie Shores, old time hockey, and that's pretty much what Oklahoma did last night. They went out, and they played old time football, and they just smashed the face in of Oregon and did it over and over and over. And when they had to throw the football, it was there for him. That touchdown pass, to was it, was it um. Was it Mims over the shoulder or was it Mario Williams? I think it was Williams, right? But that touchdown pass was one of the best throws I've seen, period. That was sweet. And that catch that Mario Williams made on the play where his helmet got ripped off, which, by the way, is a rule that's been in place, and it's, I want to say it's relatively new. I want to say something in the last five or six years, that once your helmet comes off, the play is dead. Uh, I, I used to love going to Big 12 Media Days, and I remember sitting in with Walt Anderson when he was the director of official, and they had a they had a big push towards safety, and that was one of the big changes they made. But yeah, that sucked. But it's it's something that's been in place for a while. But every, they didn't have to throw the ball, but when they they wanted to, Josh, they could. It was just it was old time, it was old fashioned, and it was fun to watch. One more. Let's get one more call in before the break. I don't want to get too far ahead of the chains here, but who you got next,
4: Josh?
1: All right, let's go to Ken. Good morning, Ken.
4: Yeah, hi, Chris. Listen, I won't keep you on long, but hey, just wanted to let you and Teddy and Gabe and Toby know that you guys do a great job. I listened to you on my Alexa here in Jefferson City, Missouri. Um, Everything was great about the game. I can't think of any. I mean, you could come up with negative things, but I'm not going to. But one fast thing I was going to mention, since this was such a historical game, I don't know whether ESPN would do it or whether Sooner Sports Properties would do it, but if there was ever a DVD that had the radio call and the visual stuff of the game, boy, I'd be the first person to buy it. I wouldn't care how much it cost, but boy, you talk about a collector's item, if that game were ever to be put on a DVD, because that's what I use most of the time. Because you know, Being blind, I don't stream. I, I can't do all that kind of stuff. But, boy, if that was ever put on a DVD, boy, if somebody could do that, boy, I'd be the first to pay, I don't care how much for it, but, I, I mean, that would be a you know treasure just to have. Ken, you know what? I
0: bet I can make that happen for you. A, because we have, like, stacks of blank DVDs and no one knows what to do with them anymore because well, nobody uses DVDs. But um, uh, B, in all seriousness, you're right. That'd be a pretty cool thing to have. I, well, Chris, YouTube, you two. What's yeah, kind of funny? We're joking. Do you oh, want go ahead. Me to
4: give, do you want me to give? Let, let me. Let me. Can Josh talk to me off the air, and I'll give him my address. Sure. And if you can arrange it now. Yeah. I, I just. I, well, I, I, I listen. I mean, I, I'll pay you for it, Chris. If you want me to, buddy. I don't care. No. I would love to have the. <laughs> no. No. Like no. no have, have the game, I, and you know, and you know, maybe the post game with a, you know, talk to Stoops or something. Make it real. I mean, I would just love to have. I mean, I know you can't do all the games, but. This is a historical event, and I would love to have
0: it, Chris. Okay, uh, let me see what I can do for you, Ken. Now, I, I can't, I can't promise anything yet, but hit yeah, me up I on email, plankshow at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, buddy. It was good. It was a good time. Thanks for the call, Ken. I appreciate it. That, that just gave me an idea, Josh. Um, I think this is a game that would be worthy of being put on the podcast. Don't you? No doubt. I mean, that was, yeah. Yeah. It's a Good idea, Ken. Maybe mix what in about, some oh of that, the post-game commentary
1: uh, as the game yeah. goes along.
0: Cool moment that I'll... Uh, last night was so cool for so many reasons that don't matter to people. You know, just little things... Well, I probably shouldn't say that it don't matter to people. But, you know, last night was the final game that Kenny Mossman is with Oklahoma. And last night was the final game that Scott Anderson is on the sidelines with Oklahoma. I mean, in fact, the equipment – or the equipment, what am I saying? The athletic training staff gave Scott Anderson a Gatorade shower <laughs> – We used so many Gatorade baths last night. I think about four people ended up getting Gatorade showers after the game. It was really cool to see. And, you know, when when Coach V got the job, I brought up the importance of having good people that are hard workers that understand what it takes to make your job as easy as possible. Which, by the way, being a coach is not easy. But if you don't have good people around you, the the stress of it can become overwhelming. And I say this knowing that there is a zero percent chance that that either one of these dudes are listening. But for me personally, I'm not in Norman without Kenny Mawson. I'm not. I'm probably uh, working like a, I don't know. I'm probably working for Tommy Yardy at River. Uh, up at River Spirit Casino in Tulsa. If, if Kenny Mossman doesn't say, come down here, let's go. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty grateful for his leadership. I'm indebted to him for his faith and belief in me, and he's just the kind of person that I aspire to be. And Scott Anderson was a guy that I don't think he, like, like really, he, he didn't start liking me, I think, Josh, until about four or five years into being the sideline guy. <laughs> but. I mean, these are people that that have such important roles that don't get the kind of conversations that they deserve. And I'm just, I'm over the moon excited for both of them and the next step in in their lives and being able to enjoy some time. But I'm also sad in that, you know, things that we're not going to take calls on and things that, you know, whenever we start talking about them don't really reflect anything from the, the performance on the field, but things that matter because their fingerprints and their imprint is all over not just Sooner football, but Sooner athletics. And for Kenny, not just Sooner athletics, but I mean, the University of Oklahoma, period. And it was just, it was, it was really cool. It was cool for me to talk to Bob. You know, I, it was really cool. I, there was a time Bob didn't like me. <laughs> and, it was really cool to just sit on a couch in a post game. It was really cool to just go back and forth and to talk about Drake and Isaac being there and, and to see Carol there. It was just, it was a cool night, man. A cool night. All right, we're, we're way behind. 940, quick break. Now we are, here's my thought, Josh, to try to make this as seamless of a transition as possible. I say at the top of the 10 o'clock hour, if you want to bang through a couple phone calls, you can. But maybe we set the top of the 10 o'clock hour so I can get situated and we can get on the road to move this studio mobile. And then that way you can hear Bob Stoops and Caleb Williams in the post-game presser, and then we can pick it back up at 10.15. So um, we'll work through that. You'll hear Coach Stoops, Caleb Williams. You'll hear from Pat Fields. You'll hear from Brian Owen we got a busy show coming up right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.
4: keep my hands on myself.
0: Hey, just because we are a all-encompassing radio show, there's some interesting news that's breaking out of Pittsburgh where uh, Ben Roethlisberger said that Monday night's game against the Cleveland Browns is likely his final game at Heinz Field. Now, Jerry... Delac has covered the Pittsburgh Steelers for years with the Post-Gazette, and he he said that it was an indication that he will retire after the season, but some have speculated it might mean that he is maybe potentially continuing his career somewhere else, but again, just, just an aside to our OU talk today, have they watched Ben Roethlisberger this year? I mean... I'm, I'm just saying I don't, I don't know if that looks like the kind of guy that I'm thinking is going to continue his career as a quarterback um, or continue his career at all but it's a big hey it's a big game on Monday night because when the Chiefs beat the Bengals if the Browns beat the Steelers if I understand everything correctly then the Browns would control its own destiny to win the AFC North I think there's like a Ravens loss that needs to be sprinkled in there somewhere. But it's a big game on Monday night. By my math, Josh, there's only two games on the NFL schedule this weekend that don't have playoff ramifications. How crazy is that? Two. Insane for this late in the season. All right, you're yelling at me. Let's get back to OU. 405 329 405 329 True Sooner. What's going on, True? How are you?
5: Hey, uh, Chris, I didn't know if you had a chance. The comes game last night uh but anybody questions the authenticity of, of relationships and venables and and stuff like that i mean i know i know a lot of people get worn thin uh by double swing kind of all shucks attitude you know uh, but man uh-huh. he he really you could tell right from the heart man he was like he was giving credit to Venable's. He goes, "I know you're out there somewhere." He goes, he, "You don't have to watch it to see what he said," but he was like, "I know you're watching." Oh, okay. You know, and he was like, I, "And you told me, you know, don't worry that I wasn't going to take, you know, take the defense to Oklahoma." I've you got to.
1: Uh, I've got this audio. It's not the greatest. Do you want to hear this, Plank?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's see what it sounds. I, I, I haven't heard any of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is not like live from the TV feed. It's just like somebody <laughs> recorded it, but. It, but anyway, here's what it's happening.
6: come it? how about our defense? know, yeah, I know Brent Venables is somewhere smiling, yeah. and he's saying, "I told you, it didn't, my defense didn't go to a cool I told you, I can hear it
1: right now." Uh, I'm Brent, I Love you, Tony. I know you guys are watching, man. Well, if so, that that was pretty cool it, at the end of the that's game. Last that's good. That's
0: pretty cool. <laughs> I, I will it's say they different. all try to impersonate each other's voice. That's great.
5: Yeah. So, so you were talking about something negative. Were you? Were you going to go into the uh, Caleb Williams thing afterwards? Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just and not hey, and not that there's anything. I don't think there's anything negative to it. Right. I just don't think there's any finality that everyone I, wanted.
5: You know. You know where I'm at. I, I'm kind of like, and I hate to feel this way. I don't want to feel this way, but I'm. I kind of feel like a lot of these guys. They love the drama. They love the build up over and over again. And and I, I'm just kind of like, dude, if you don't want to be here. You know, let's get on that line. And, and I know we're one day, I know we're, sure. you know, 30 minutes after the game and all that. But, I mean, he's got to let them know something in the next few days, right?
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and here's what I, and true, I appreciate your phone call. All
5: right, um, man. Thanks, man.
0: Let's get a timeout when we come back. Let me address it. Because I have some hot takes on it. I, I really don't. I just would really like for you to stay through the commercial break. I, you guys know my stance. I, I come from the Vince McMahon school of wanting you to be happy. If you don't want to be here, go where you want to be. And we're going to be okay. I'll miss you. I want you here. I like you. You're really good. But if you want to go, go. But there was a lot of, in how Caleb Williams said things and how it was presented, I think, concerns some fans. So let's get into it next Here's one um, unfortunate admission that I have for you, Josh Elmer, and I know you'll be very disappointed in me. I uh, we got here on Is today Thursday, so we got here on Tuesday afternoon. I've left my hotel room once, or maybe I should rephrase that. I've left the hotel once. The only time I left the hotel was to go to the game. So I, I haven't had a chance. I won't have those memories of San Antonio from walks on the river walk or enchiladas. No, no, no. It'll be my hotel room and my TV, which has been on the whole time, but the volume has never been up. With that said, things I didn't like about what Caleb Williams said. And when I say didn't like, uh, I'm happy for him. I I I want him to be here badly. I think he's a very good quarterback, but, when he started, I'm, I'm pulling my phone up just to make sure I get it in in proper kind of context. I could see where some people would derive from it. It's like, wait, see what what Oklahoma has, but what does what that what does that even mean? Right? There was. There was just, I guess maybe the wording, Josh, was a little bit odd. And we're going to play some of that presser coming up here in just a bit. But I still felt this true passion for Oklahoma. And it wasn't something fake. Um, Oklahoma chose the right guy to come in here. We'll see how Oklahoma does and what I decide. Wait, we'll see how Oklahoma does? What does that even mean? to what you decide remember too he's a young kid and so maybe some of the words he chooses he might be but i say that he's a very sharp kid too i think he there's a part of him that says maybe he's not trying to be as gosh secretive as that sounds but maybe he is maybe he is but i got the sense if we're going to play my interview with him later, and you're going to hear the press conference coming up after the top of the hour. Uh, when I was doing my interview with him, the uh, some of the players were standing behind him because everyone was waiting for the guys from the press conference to finish up their media responsibilities so the bus could leave. Um, and there were guys standing behind him, and they were saying, he's staying, he's staying. And they're like, Wish, you can hear him whispering in the background. So I thought that was kind of cool, but was that just wishful thinking um, we know he's going on a vacation. He's been pretty open about waiting until after the first semester. And he knows what Oklahoma's going to be all about with Jeff Levy. There's rumors of schools coming after him. Um, I, I know Dusty Dvorak has been talking about that rather openly, that you have schools. Some have speculated that Georgia's doing everything they can to kind of get his attention. So if that is the case, by the way, I think that's a dirty as all hell. But, again, I don't think the concern is just USC as a place that he can land. But I'll say this. For one night, for one season, man, he loved Oklahoma. And I think if he decides not to come here, it's not anything with the program or anything with the fans. Unless you all start creeping out on Twitter and freaking them out. I, I don't know. We, 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 don't do that. Go to Hawaii, and hopefully we'll find out soon – If we'll see 13 back at quarterback next year, I had great vibes from him all night long. Seemed to love with Ty Darlington, everything they did on the sidelines. Seems to have a great relationship with Brent and Jeff Levy. But again, just kind of the way some of the the, the sentences were awarded last night, I could see where they'd be bothersome or worrisome. All right, quick break. Josh is going to bring you the press conference. I'll rejoin you from the road coming up here in a bit on The Plank Show.
1: number two blank show we roll on feeling great oklahoma really a dominant first half performance last night over oregon they win it 47 to 32 some of the final numbers last night for oklahoma caleb williams i thought you know easily his most efficient in the last four games of the season and Really the best he had played since the Texas Tech game. 21-27 passing, 242 yards, three touchdowns for Caleb Williams. Kennedy Brooks, if, if this was the final contest for Kennedy, what a performance for him. 14 carries, 142, three touchdowns. Eric Gray had that big 48-yard run. And on the receiving end, man, wasn't it nice to see Mims make an explosive play again? He had the big 55-yard touchdown. Defensively, I thought Marcus Stripling had an awesome game last night. In a game that was really sort of lackluster collectively from the edge guys, the defensive ends for Oklahoma, that was not the case for Marcus Stripling. He finished with a couple of QB hurries, two TFLs, one sack. Patrick Fields was your leading tackler last night with nine Woody Washington and Danny Stutzman each had 7. So, Plank is going to rejoin us shortly. In the meantime, we're going to air some of the Alamo Bowl press conference from last night. Before we do that, though, catch up with you on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. OU sooner girl for life. That game last night was proof Riley wasn't some offensive genius and was mailing it in all season and or the players didn't want to play for Riley. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to completely go there. I do think that Riley was checked out toward the end of the season in the final three. From the moment that Lincoln Riley was mysteriously absent on the bye week for his scheduled availability, yeah, I'm convinced that he he was talking meeting with other teams and from that point on i don't think he was totally dialed in and if nothing else even if even if riley thought that he was dialed in and then you we all saw the results that we saw last night was proof positive oklahoma offensively is going to be okay They're going to be just fine. I thought Cale Gundy called a heck of a game last night for Oklahoma. OU is going to continue to get great quarterback play. They're going to have skill guys that can catch the football. They're going to run it effectively. Offense has not been the problem over the last decade for OU. I don't anticipate offense being a problem for Oklahoma moving forward, minus Lincoln Riley. I'm excited about the types of skill talent that Oklahoma now can aggressively go get on defense. I'm excited about the linebackers that have already signed on to come be a part of this program under Brent Venables and Ted Roof moving forward, and the guys that they're targeting and have serious chances to land in that linebacker room moving forward. I mean, we've already seen what Jaron Kanick did. He wants to play for Brent Venables that bad. So the the sentiment there, I just don't know if we're ever going to fully get a gauge on how in or out Lincoln Riley truly was. But in terms of what you're saying about him being an offensive mastermind and OU's not missing that, I agree. I completely agree. OU is going to be just fine. Odom called a heck of a game. Somebody says that. Agreed. Uh, first half especially was was really, really good. Yes, we caught what uh, Dabo Sweeney said the – Coach Venables, shout-out. We played that a little bit earlier. Uh, Kindle asks, why weren't guys like Coach Tibbs and Odom asked to stay around? Because Coach Venables wants his, wants his guys in here. He wants his own guys. Wants his defensive imprint on that side of the football. And I think that's okay. And quite frankly, you know, first half as compared to the second half, maybe, maybe that's part of the reason why. All the coaches that came back, class acts, and need to be recognized as giving it their all in their last moments on the coaching staff, no doubt. I mean, how cool was that to see Nate Fake and sharing that video a little bit behind the scenes before the game kicked off last night? The emotions for Coach Tibbs, guys, got a lot of passion. Guys, got a lot of love for the University of Oklahoma. And those emotions were obvious. They were on display last night, and I was happy for Coach Tibbs. I was happy for Kale Gundy, for Jamar Kane, for Brian Odom that it worked out the way that it did. I know so much of the, so the storylines and the focus will be on Bob Stoops for the way last night played out. And again, Bob Stoops certainly deserves a bunch of credit for stepping in for OU, but the, the other assistant coaches absolutely do, too. Uh, one negative from last night. The secondary's blown coverages. Yes, it was less than ideal defensively on the back end of the defense in the second half. Planker. I had no idea Bob Stoops' rock and roll tequila was green. Yes, the, uh, not, not convinced that that was rock and roll tequila in the Gatorade bath. But if so, yes, it was in fact green. Keep them coming. We'll uh, keep sharing your responses all morning long on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405 651 3439. And with that, we go to the press conference from last night. Bob Stoops and Oklahoma victorious 47 to 32 was the final tally. And here was OU meeting with the media afterwards.
6: Uh, comments from me? Um, no tequila. Yeah, no tequila bath. This is plain old Gatorade, <laughs> but uh, maybe there might be one later, but uh, anyhow, um, I'm uh, proud to be here with all these great players uh, in front and in, in representing OU again in this team. Um, really proud of the way these guys competed and played here today, and really the work they put in for the last month getting ready for this. Uh, they really were invested and uh, came together you know, as a team through the, some adversity. And realized, you know, they're representing the Sooners and uh, played like Sooners. That's what we do. Um, Really special night. Uh, You know, watching these guys offensively, what they did. I mean, Caleb had an incredible day. I mean, you go 21 of 27, 242, three TDs and zero sacks. That's a day. And then you got Kennedy, Brooks, and Eric Gray. Both averaged 10 yards a carry. 142 yards uh, for Kennedy and three TDs uh just awesome pat was sensational defensively drake made a great uh great touchdown catch uh, with a great route and caleb put a good ball great ball on him the two of them connected and uh so anyhow uh defensively i i thought we did a great obviously great job in the first half to give a commanding lead and gave up some deep balls and uh we got caught with a couple of tough uh defenses where they ran it a little bit in one series but uh but overall, just a great day, a great night, great way for these guys to finish eleven and two, and uh, proud of them. And uh, this this game, I really believe, segues right into next year. That we aren't going to miss a beat. This this program's going to continue to to move forward in a positive way, uh, and will not be going anywhere. We're going to be a, you know, a year in and year out, a top five, top ten team, and we'll be competing for national championships for years to come with Coach Venables. And I was really proud to have him up there uh, with me at the end of the, the celebration tonight. All right. Again, raise hands
7: and we'll go one at a time. Black in the middle. First hand up over there. You ready? In the front.
2: Thanks.
8: Uh, you know, Bob, I was, I'm curious and I want to have a question for Caleb too. But Bob, if you could talk about, you know, what you were thinking in the second half. Uh, you know, as Oregon was making their run. And, Caleb, you got the passing game going after the first couple of series, and I'm curious what the difference was, uh, you know, as you got things going, what you saw.
6: I'll let Caleb, what was the difference, Cowboy, over there?
9: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mainly the difference is that we believed in, you know, KB and and, and other guys like KB and uh, EG, um, especially our offensive lineman wanted to make sure that um, we got – Good positive yards, um, especially that was one of our goals. I mean, like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, when we first figured out what Oregon and, and how they lose is when you get over, um, like you said, coach. He said we had what two guys over over ten yards, average ten yards, average ten yards a carry, um, yep. carry. I mean that's phenomenal. Um, and then let alone, you know, you have a guy go for you know one forty and, and three touchdowns. Just it makes my job easier um, to get the passing game going and. You know, obviously, credit to the offensive line for both the passing game and then um, obviously my guys, 140 and three touchdowns. So,
6: And the cowboy hat was a gift to, to me from the Alamo Bowl, and we decided to use it as our big play kind of rally chain, you know, turnover chain or big play chain. And so we had a big play cowboy
5: hat. <laughs> Can we, we need to raise the mic, please. Code go front right here, please. Isaac.
3: Bob, you got a Gatorade bath for the first time in five years. You handed off the visor to Brent. My latest game ball. Got your latest game ball. Can you sum up what this night felt like, especially there at the end when you knew it was in the bag and you began celebrating?
6: Yeah, it was great. Um, I I loved the beginning. I kind of, you get addicted to the the anxiety and the excitement of playing and not knowing what's going to happen, you know, coming out on the field and getting ready for it. And I missed it. I, I missed that energy. And um, and then you know and then once you're in it you're fighting your way through it and that was fun, and yeah it is fun when it's you know it's over you could take your headset off and um, enjoy the moment you know so it was it was fun it was exciting and again I'm appreciative to the team and to everybody for the opportunity. Front blue.
10: Caleb, can you just talk a little bit about what the past month has been like for you? I know a lot of players have gone through the same thing, but what was the last month like? Uh, were there considerations of the transfer portal? And then Brent mentioned today the future of Oklahoma as you a quarterback. Do we anticipate you coming back next season?
9: Um, first and foremost, I have been. I mean, like you said, it's it's been a it's been up and down, roller coaster. Um, and like you said, all my guys have been through it. We were all shocked. We were all Hit by it at the same time, same moment. Um, so that that's that's how it's been, up and down. Um, we lost a lot of coaches, and we have you know a legend that comes back. We have GAs that step up. We have Ke- uh, Coach Gundy. Uh, we have we have a bunch of guys like that that step up in a bunch of different places, and it helps lead us to you know this awesome Alamo Alamo Dome and. Week that we've been here, or five days or so, and, it, and it's, it's it's been awesome. Um, like like everybody always says, San Antonio is very hospitable, and, it, and it's been just like that. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcomed us, um, and it's been very fun. And the whole transporter thing, and, and, and Coach B going or Coach uh, BV going up there and saying all of that. Um, I was focused on finishing the semester um, off strong, being with my guys. Uh, making sure that you know all my guys that won't be here next year, I have the I have the chance to be here. I, all my guys that won't be here next year, they go off on the right note. We go off 11 to two, um, and 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 I'm about to go on vacation <laughs> with my family. I haven't been on vacation in a really long time, and after all of this um, ups and downs, I want to go on vacation, spend time with my family, and focus on that. Um, and that's it. All right, so there he is, Caleb
1: Williams in the press conference. Heard a little bit from. Bob Stoops, some of the immediate thoughts after Oklahoma's forty-seven to thirty-two victory over Oregon. Uh Plank will we'll visit with uh well, we'll share your visit with Caleb Williams here in a little bit. Let's do that. That
2: yeah.
1: you know, offers maybe even a little bit better perspective, but hey, not not going to dive into his future, at least right there. Yeah. Just uh I'm going on vacation, man. And it is. It's a hard earned vacation for the true freshman. Sure.
11: Yeah, and so I don't know if anyone like cares about the full story of it, but so we're down on the field, and I had made a decision in post game. I'm I'm getting Taylor Williams, and bless Jacob Potter's heart because he had a camera that was wired to my microphone. That I have my recording device, which is my microphone, and my phone uh, for radio, and it's like a mosh pit down there, and in a good way. I'm not complaining. And literally, I, I am dragging while Potter is trying to move. I'm like, we're going. Let's go. I, and I think where I'm communicating with Toby up in the the box, and Ted is like, you got spotters. I'm like, where is,
2: where is he? He's
11: at the 30. He's over there at the 35. I think, he's, I think he's right next to the stage. So you finally work your way through all these massive human beings. And you get there, and the first thing you kind of hear is, yeah, he's, he's not going to talk. So – Again, in my situation, I'm not one of those. Well, I'm not taking no for an answer, you know. But I, uh, but I'm going to wait. What's what's old saying? Is that you get more flies or you get more bees with, with honey? Flies, with, anyway. You get you get more something with honey and or sugar or something like that. But so I just I'm going to wait and I'll talk to a couple of other guys and you know then we'll see if that opportunity arises. So still kind of stalking, still kind of waiting, and then it, then then it you know. I thought he was going to go up on the stage and say something. He was standing by the stage. And that was the moment that everyone wanted, right, Josh? They they wanted that magical. And I just want to say, Bob Stoops has been great. I'm excited about the future. and I'm going to be your quarterback in 23, and or 22 and 23, and everyone goes crazy. Everyone wanted that moment. But it became pretty clear rather quickly that that moment wasn't going to happen. Right? And I think he had told a few people, I think it was my pal, that, hey, listen, I don't I don't have anything to say tonight. I have no problem doing media, but I, I don't have anything to say as far as what well, my future is. I'm going on vacation. And so once that kind of started to make its way around, uh, you know, Coach Stoops, Joe C gave the nod. It's like, yeah, he let's, let's, can do media. He should. He's not a freshman anymore. And so we stalked. We waited outside the press conference. And when we finally got him, uh, Josh, we'll play the, the interview coming up here in just a bit. It was hilarious because Potter's walking backwards down a hall with a camera. I'm walking with him while he talks. And then as soon as we stop, everyone's trying to get him to get ready so they can leave. <laughs> everyone's like, okay, it's time to go. So uh, it was cool to hear him. But he, unfortunately, you didn't get that moment that I think everyone wanted. To me, it's a small side story to what was an incredible night. And that's, it, it becomes a bigger story now for us on the ref, and it's great for our talk shows for the next week. Um, I want him to enjoy his vacation and get away and defrag, but I also hope he comes back to Oklahoma. And if he doesn't, I feel pretty confident that uh, Jeff Levy and Brent Venables are going to have a uh, a really good quarterback ready to go. And we'll see. So let's um, let's hit some text when we come back on the Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. And at the bottom of the hour, we'll play my interview with Caleb Williams from last night. Also, Got to find the interview with Kale Gundy. It was so cool to see how happy Coach Gundy was after how that offense performed. The plank show was on the road back to Norman from the Alamo Bowl win last night for the Sooners over the Ducks. This is the home series.
10: I have
1: a question. I have an answer. Do we get Joey at 11 today? We. We probably could from a golf course if you'd like to.
11: Oh, never mind. Let them go. We'll buzz them on Monday. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of funny. I was, I was sitting here thinking about how the schedule gets so, in a good way, right, eclectic during the holidays because, you know, some, some days, I guess, hectic instead of eclectic. That doesn't work. But it gets hectic because some days maybe you might be on vacation. Some days you have a show. So we got a little away from our, our regulars. But I miss hearing from Joe. Uh, Joey Helmer as a golfer, thumbs up, thumbs down. Josh can take him on the course and beat Big Brother around. What's what's kind of the scouting report of Joey's game on the links? He's
1: he's solid. He's solid. Which, by Do the way, it. my bad. I just saw you, your text to me. That <laughs> that would have been a great idea, but I just now saw it. So my apologies for that.
11: <laughs> I, I texted Josh and I was like, hey, in this break. Uh, bring us back like TJ does and just get a few texts in here. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're we're on the road back to San Antonio. Appreciate everyone's patience as we celebrate an Alamo Bowl championship last night for the Sooners. Uh, so let's hit a couple air comfort solutions. text throughout the day. You can hit us up at 651-3439. That's area code 405-651-3439. Or, you know, even though I'm mobile and I'm on the phone, you guys can still hit us up on the phone. 405 3299000. All right. Where do you want to start on the text?
1: What's the backup plan if Caleb Williams good, is gone?
11: Good question. Uh, Spencer Rattler transfers back. No, um the backup plan, the backup plan. It's a good question. You've got two guys on campus that are I think capable quarterbacks, Ralph Rucker and Micah Bowens, but neither one of them stepped on the field this year. Uh, I will I do remember A couple of weeks ago, we were having this conversation, and I did have a Micah Bowen stand in my mentions, which I hadn't seen or heard before, but, you know, I I don't know. I I thought he was going to be the backup this year, and it never materialized. So I can't really give you a true scout on Micah Bowen yet. I keep want to say yours, but yours is Quinn, yours is in Texas. The Nick Evers kid that's coming in I think would have a, a good shot. You know, he was a guy that Jeff Levy had recruited. Right and, and had recruited him to to, to to Ole Miss and had battled for him and then obviously he ends up at Oklahoma so I think that'd be a good chance I don't really know of any big names that are still in the portal Dylan Gabriel has already landed at, at UCLA and that would have been a good fit but Casey Thompson thank you Toby Casey Thompson's still in the portal um, and maybe maybe Casey Thompson's waiting to see what happens here I don't know. Um, but also, maybe Casey Thompson's already got an offer and he's about to commit to Nebraska. I don't know. Um, and then, you know, I wherever he ends up, if, if it's not Oklahoma, there might be a rather ballyhooed quarterback that decides, I don't want to be here anymore and ends up wanting to go somewhere else. Who knows? But I, it's, I think it's, Wouldn't you say, Josh, whenever we start talking about the future of the quarterback position and, you know, if it's not Caleb Williams, that that's the immediate question that everyone has had and has consistently had. And unfortunately, you know, the the answers on campus are the two guys we mentioned and and one is coming in, I think, in spring.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a realistic chance that you're talking about back-to-back seasons where... You're starting a true freshman quarterback. I think yeah. Nick Evers would have a legitimate chance at it. One more here. It's clear, I believe, that Caleb is waiting to see what the highest bid is for his talents. This has name, image, likeness written all over it. Written all over it. Problem is, it seems Oklahoma's not keen on playing that game. I don't know. Maybe they are.
11: Uh, and you know, the the thing that I've, I've talked about this a lot that. I wrote a, a, an article on Caleb from Boyd Street that I, I think it's on newsstands. Are newsstands still a thing anymore? No, okay. I think it's available at, at different restaurants and in areas around town where you can grab the Boyd Street magazine. And, the you know, of the many takeaways that I had from it, the one thing that, that kind of stood out is how thorough his father and him were in that decision-making process in deciding where they wanted to pl- him to play, where they wanted him to go. So, I, when he says, "Hey, I'm, go to, I'm going on vacation and I'm going to relax, and I haven't made up my mind yet, or at least doesn't have anything to announce." I mean, I take him at that. I, I I would assume that sure they're going to sit down and look at, all right, what could your deals look like at X place or Y place or Z place. I'm I'm sure they're going to do that. And you know, there's one that maybe they don't care if there's an offer there yet or not because. He was ready to come to Oklahoma without a scholarship in the first place. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I think the idea of something like that, Josh, is the accusation of, like, a backman showing up. But I just – I don't <laughs> – I'm sure there's some sleazy things that are going on in recruiting, but in this instance, I, I, don't, I don't think that's what Caleb and his dad are sitting right waiting for. This isn't blue chips, right? But it, it, it is, I think, in, in what – you know what Dusty said, and I thought, I thought that it was concerning – that you've had coaches and universities that are already targeting him and finding a way to reach out to him. And I just – that's something that, that – I mean, that's that's bad stuff. I mean, I think. But, again, there's not really a lot of rules right now. And the NCAA has kind of clapped t- and, its head and cleared out of the rules enforcement business. I mean, that's something where a conference has to step up and say, you're not going to be able to tamper with other players. You know, it's just –
1: well, I and it's, it's supposed to be the against the school? rules. It's you
11: you're,
1: you're not you're not supposed to be able to entice players to arrive right. <laughs> via name, image, and likeness. But obviously, with, with what Texas has been doing, until somebody steps in and says, "Hey, no, this isn't going to fly," then guess what? It's going to fly. I loved what uh, Bob Stoops the interaction he had with Caleb Williams on social media. Twitter. Yeah, Caleb Williams tweeted, can't thank you enough, Bob Stoops, for what you did in the situation we were in. means a lot to me and for the guys on the team. Truly an honor and thanks again. I got you a hat if you need it, LOL. And Coach Stoops quote tweeted it and said, it was easy to do because it was the right thing to do. I appreciate all of you guys accepting me. I promise you this is the place to be. Coach Vittables and Coach Leb will keep this thing rolling. Keep the hat for an NIL deal. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that's just Coach Stoops having fun. But take that for what it's worth, I guess, right? If we're yeah, saying name, cool. image, and likeness is a part of this.
11: Yeah, no, but that, that's cool. That's cool. Keep it for an NIL deal. Hey, this is Cowboy Caleb, and I'm here to- I'm, I will say that was one of my favorite things from last night was how those guys were cheesing it up with – got to come up with something catchy if this thing's going to stick, right? But with the uh, with the big play cowboy hat, the, the way that they were they were cheesing it up with it was pretty cool. I right, keep the text coming, 405-651-3439. When we come back, let's bring Caleb Williams from my post-game conversation with a student quarterback next right here. On the ref, we're on the road back to Norman. Heemont from uh, – Beautiful, steamy San Antonio with the Plank Show on the All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the you With know, Josh Elmer. I'm Chris Plank. We are we're rolling with Roland round two as we head back to Oklahoma after covering the Alamo Bowl. You know, Josh, I, I just, there's so many little things that stood out from last night, so many good things to talk about one of them was getting a chance to talk to caleb williams and again I, I understand that everyone wants an answer about his future and i get it but just having a chance to finally talk to the dude last night was pretty special here's my post-game
9: interview with him from the sooner radio network
0: caleb williams yeah. how's it feel to get a win like this tonight and persevere through everything
9: uh it's pretty awesome to be able to go through something like this with um lincoln riley leaving and all the other coaches that went with him. Um, and to have a bunch of guys like Ty and, and Tanner Schaefer and all the other guys, Coach Gundy and all, everybody that stepped up for, for this big moment to go 11-2. and two. Um, And then obviously on the defensive side, I can't, I mean, my offensive line, start there. Frickin' love those guys that we've been able to do without them. Um, I had zero sacks is what I heard. Um, and I had how many ever passing yards, how many ever touchdowns? But KB had 140 on the ground and three touchdowns. That's pretty awesome. Um, and like I said, he'd he come back here and say it himself, but I'm gonna say it for him. All credit goes to the offensive line. Um and, and for the defensive side, they had a bunch of guys leave. They had Grinch leave and a bunch of other guys. So um, same side same thing basically as all the guys that stepped up over there and, and and persevered, like you said. And I can't be happy enough. <laughs> Um to say that we're 11 to 2. We got a bowl game and um, get to go out on a bank. Um, and I absolutely love everybody here, all the OU family, all the all the all my all my guys here. Um for having to go through what we went through and then coming out with a big win like this and and, and offensive side it explosive. I heard we went I think eight eight for eight streak for mm-hmm. each touchdown, 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 touchdown. And um, absolutely love everybody here. Um, to be able to go through, we went through um, DC office coordinator, head coach, and QB coach, um, and a bunch of other a bunch of other coaches that were here. Um, like I said, I can't I can't thank everybody enough, especially my O line and KB for making it just easier on me. Um, and all the OU, we had 59,000 people here. I think it's I crazy. saw, and that's crazy. And like I said, I love the OU family, OU fans for coming out and supporting us, um, and I can't thank everybody enough.
0: Now I know you got you talked about you got a vacation coming up, a decision to make. But how special is it to hear you no know, Brent Venable says thinking yep. about the future of the program. Pretty special, right?
9: It's pretty special, pretty special. Take that into account. Yes, I do uh, for sure. Guys, um,
6: I'll
9: hustle. Jk. Um, take take that into account, and um, I really appreciate that. And uh, like I said, I take into account. Um, and I, I'm looking forward. I haven't made any decisions. I haven't decided late. if I'm doing anything or <laughs> nothing like that. Um, I am focusing on going to Hawaii. That is have have a good trip, man. You are a little
11: bit late. You have already done it. You know what's funny about that, Josh, is I didn't catch it whenever I first heard it, but you can hear Bob whenever he's returning to the locker room in it. <laughs> We're all walking back as a group in the postgame presser, and in the middle of that, you can just hear Coach Suits too in his elation as well. That was, that was a pretty cool moment. And I know, I know some have looked at that and they try to read into it. Hey, it sounds like that's a it sounds like that's a goodbye. It sounds like that's a hey thanks for everything. Some others say, man, that 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 sounds like a dude that loves his teammates and want to want to go. But I I wouldn't try to read into it too much. I would just say that's a guy that's pretty happy about the way things win in that game and is ready for what's next.
1: I would say it sounds like somebody that hasn't made a decision on what he wants to do next.
11: Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, Hasn't made a decision yet. Probably still has a long way to go before he makes that decision and has a lot of things that he wants to wait. right? Hey, uh, let let me put this real quick because I I do want to grab an early break here um, and and then I want to go more in depth when we get back. But, you know, how about this? Let's take a break and when we come back, let's debate this. Who's your number two concern, then, of someone you feel like needs to be around next year for the Sooners, Josh? Who's number two? Caleb Williams, obviously, number one. But if you start thinking about guys or if you're writing about them at SoonersWire.com or we're talking about them uh, on the ref, who's number two on that list or maybe number three of guys that you feel like need to be here next year for the Sooners to be successful? All right, quick break here. We'll come back. We'll talk more about it. Uh, we're on the road back to Norman. Thanks show on the Home of The Oklahoma after covering, well, still covering the Alamo Bowl. Oklahoma's went over Oregon last night. Uh, we're going to hear from Bob Stoops right after the top of the hour, of my one-on-one with Coach Post game. Uh, let's see who I got, Kennedy Brooks, that we're still going to hear from. And, uh, Josh, we might have to dig a little bit in that file because I, I want everyone to hear Kale Gundy, too, before we get out. I thought that was um, that was really cool, and I'm, I'm really happy for Kale and, and Brian Odom as well. But uh, before we get to the conversation that we teased, because I've got two guys that I want to talk about, I also had a chance last night to talk to the defensive MVP of the game afterwards in his final Sooner game, Pat
2: Fields.
0: be down on the field with Pat Fields, defensive MVP. It's great first half, grinding in the second half, but just take us through overcoming and, and getting this
10: done. Um, I feel like we walked ourselves into some unneeded adversity the second half that I was kind of a little frustrated with. But um, at the end of the day, you know, we found a way to win. Um, I I wouldn't want to go out any other way with my guys. Like, we we grinded. We got to stop at the end of the game when we needed to, although we should not have put ourselves in that position. I just wouldn't go out any other way, you know, with my guys, Coach Odom, Coach Kane, Coach Tibbs, Coach Will J, Coach Parker Henry, everybody, man. What was it like for you as a player this last month? Oh, man, it's crazy. I think – You know, since the start of 2020, like, nothing is impossible anymore. (laughs) So, I mean, given that we went through everything we did with COVID, I think this was just, like, another obstacle. But I think we go to a very unique university in the sense that, like, we literally called a Hall of Fame coach off the golf course. You know what I mean? Like, I say that all the time, but, like, you can't match that anywhere else. And, like, this program is built to last. It's bigger than any one player, one coach. So I'm just proud to go to such a, you know, a prestigious university. Pretty special way to wrap
0: up a career tonight, isn't it?
10: Heck, yeah, man. I appreciate the Nation for supporting me throughout my four years. Uh, I hope I did everything I could to, you know, walk and walk with integrity and represent this university in the best way I could.
0: Hey, just give us an idea. I know you've had a chance to talk a little bit with, with Coach V, but how excited are you now to be an alum and, and follow this program as you move on to the next stage of your career?
10: Oh, man, incredibly excited. You know, I talked to Coach V for, you know, about 10, 15 minutes yesterday. You know, we kind of spoke about me coming back a little bit, but uh, – <laughs> I think I'm content, you know, with my four years here, and I think my, my next plan is, you know, going to be it's, – it's something that everybody's going to be proud of me for. So
0: We already are proud of you. Congrats, Pat.
10: Yes, I appreciate you. It's
11: Pat Fields, uh, a dude that – I mean, if you think about it for the last two years, Pat Fields was a guy, Josh, that during his freshman and sophomore seasons and during his redshirt freshman season didn't really get to do or have to do too many interviews. And then he gets elevated last year to one of two captains, and was the captain this year. Being I mean, a two-time captain is is, is rarefied air for Oklahoma State of football. So that's really cool. But I mean, right out of the gates, they lose two of their first three games of last year, and and here he is with him and Creed, and and they're the only ones doing post game. And, uh, and then this season, you know, you're, you're constantly having to answer questions. say, was wrong. Why? Why is this team nine and zero? You know, I'm being somewhat facetious, but. I've always, I'm going to miss talking to him. He was always great. Um, I honestly think that's about the shortest interview I've ever had with him. I think he got tired from carrying around that offensive MVP trophy all night last night. But, listen, people are going to always look back and talk about, you know, his. there's always seemed to be something that people wanted to complain about with Pat Fields. I just thought the kid was great. And he represented well. He played through. I'm pretty sure a shoulder injury that's going to require surgery once this season, well, probably right now. And I'm curious, Josh, when he said, I think everyone's going to be proud of that next step. I'm I'm intrigued to see what it is.
1: Probably a crack at the National Football League, you would think, right? Maybe,
5: maybe.
11: Um, Or, I don't know, I could see him being the kind of guy that is just suddenly some engineer or, or scientist at the highest level of, of NASA or the, or the government or Tesla or something. He's sharp kid, uh, and I'm going to miss them Now, with that in mind, let's pay off the tease. Plank Show, mobile, on the road back to Norman with Josh Elmer, I'm Chris Plank. If, you know, we, if we're, we're, gonna, we're caught up in Caleb Palouse, right? Williams leaving or staying. Meanwhile, he's chilling on a beach in Hawaii. Is there anyone else that you start thinking about, man, I really want him back. I hope he doesn't go anywhere. Who else do you look at and say, this is a dude that this team, I don't want to say can't afford to lose, but if we're talking you know, national championship contender next year, I think this dude still needs to be around.
1: I think Marvin Mims is connected with Caleb Williams' decision. So I think if Caleb Williams goes, I think Marvin Mims winds up leaving at some point. He would be one. The the other two can I give you two names in one? Marquise Hayes and Tyrese Robinson. Getting those guys back would be gigantic up front and I'm not sure that's well, gonna happen I think they're for both
11: either. Gone. Yeah, I think they're both gone. You know, I, I I think, you know, Tyrese went through senior day ceremonies and so did Marquise. So I think Josh, they're both gone. Um but it, gosh, if they can find a way actually <laughs> yeah, out to bring back a little experience on that offensive line. I mean, if you think about it next year, three of the five starters last night on the offensive line are not gonna be back next season. Is that right? Because Swinton started at left tackle, played a lot. Um, he's his his eligibility is up, or at least I think it is. I mean I'm understanding COVID. he's one of the super seniors. Um Marquise Hayes. Well, you know what? Marquise hasn't really said anything yet, so maybe that's a bit unfair. But he went through the senior day ceremony, so you would assume he's not going to be back. Conjo will be back. Um, then you have your, you know, your right guard Chris Murray's back, but on right tackle Tyrese Robinson is gone. So that's that's three of your five right. offensive linemen started last night that are that are gone. But I will say this: I thought Anton Harrison did some pretty good things later in that game. Now I haven't. I haven't listened to what Deeb has to say, but it, it seemed as if he was getting out, Josh, and showing off some of his athleticism playing that game.
1: And he's probably going to have to be somebody that takes a big leap forward in 2022 for Oklahoma. I mean, there's a good chance that he's going to wind up as one of your starters if uh, what we're saying here is what comes to fruition. And I think that probably is the case that both Hayes and Robinson have played their final yeah. games with Oklahoma. Hey. So.
11: I want to give you two. I want to give you two guys that I think are pretty important. And one, listen, I'm not going to use Reggie Grimes in this because I think Reggie Grimes is coming back, right? And I think you're crazy if you're a defensive player and you would leave. I mean, let's just be honest about it. If you're on that defensive depth chart anywhere and – you see Brent Venables is coming in, and your thought is, man, I need to get somewhere else. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know if you're looking at life the right way. But I'll throw a defensive guy in here. And this thing kind of – did Teddy end up staying with uh, with, with uh, Marcus um, – oh, gosh, why did I just blank on a stripling as his spotlight guy? Okay. When Teddy puts a rush in, an edge rusher like Marcus Stripling in his spotlight – uh, you kind of start thinking, okay, what's going on here? And then I don't know what you felt, Josh, but I thought Marcus Stripling had a really good game last night. So to me, in the absence of a Nick Benito and an Isaiah Thomas and knowing there's some studs that are coming in, I think a Marcus Stripling is, is, is pretty big to get back. But again, I would say I, I, I think you're crazy if you're a defensive guy and you leave. Other dude? Okay. I know he's like 186 years old. But if Kennedy Brooks decides to come back, I mean, he's going to become the all-time leading rusher in Oklahoma Sooner football history. And, what but would he smash the record? Or Yeah, he needs 803 yards to break the record, Josh. By the way, Toby Rowland, voice of the Sooners, how great is that? Do it right off the top of the Um, I guess maybe there's also a part of me that – the question was, if you're competing for a national championship or if you feel like it's a national championship-caliber team, what what player do you feel like definitely needs to be back in order to ensure that confidence? There might not be another guy outside of Caleb Williams. And, and maybe some of these dudes that are coming in at the running back position are pretty solid, and maybe Marcus Major is ready to take that next step. But something about having... Kennedy Brooks back in the backfield, if that's a possibility, pretty, pretty incredible for what it could mean for Jeff Levy and his confidence in this game going forward. Is that is that too pie in the sky, you think?
1: Probably, no? but, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. That would be huge for Oklahoma if Kennedy Brooks decides that he wants to give it one more go. I just don't know that he can enhance his draft stock
10: I mean, really. Uh, yeah
1: you know, from this point and what he did in the Alamo bowl, sort of a good ending point for him. But yeah, if we're right. talking about for next season, I'd feel a lot better about what OU has in the backfield going in. When you're talking about somebody that has uh, three separate 1,000 <laughs> yard, uh, career seasons at OU. <laughs> yeah, I think
11: you're right. You're right. Okay. Bob Stoops coming up next. Cale Gundy as well. as the plank show on the road back to Norman I'm covering the Alamo bowl in the home city. Let me paint a picture for you. We are on a road with absolutely nothing on it, but the speed limit is 85. How beautiful is that? It is the absolute Autobahn. There is, there's no gas station. There's nothing. We have to make sure that we hit the loves before we got on this thing. And I can't wait to see what the cost is to be on thing. <laughs> um, but it's, it's one of the, I guess you could say if you're traveling to San Antonio or maybe if you're traveling to Austin, this new Turnpike really helps you avoid, uh, if you've ever been down there before, what is an absolute disaster on 35. I mean, an absolute disaster on 35, usually around the Austin area. So uh, we're rolling. We're rolling, Josh Helmer, and uh, kind of excited. Kind of excited to get back and kickoff 2022. Just, you know, in, in general, we've talked about it a lot, but what a really cool way to wrap the 2021, not just football season, but kind of the calendar year, right? New Year's Eve is tomorrow night. Uh, the first the first OU sporting event of 2022 will be OU Hoops versus Kansas State, right? New Year's night, Saturday night, T-Row on the call. Then we'll head down to Lubbock for what we hope to be a Sunday game against Texas Tech. They had a pause basketball activities because of COVID issues, but, you know, hopefully things are going well there where we'll, we'll still be able to play the game. And, you know, we talk to KJ every single Tuesday on the show. Women's gymnastics is right around the corner. Obviously, when the calendar turns, you start thinking about diamond sports and softball looking you know, to defend its National Championship and baseball with a really solid roster coming back, including Mario Williams out of the diamond. Can't wait to see that. But, I mean, I just, I thought last night was I don't know if you could have written more of a, I don't want to get too corny, but like a storybook ending to the way this all played out, right?
1: It's how this thing was supposed to end. I mean, what would we have been saying if Oklahoma loses a close game? I mean, Bob Stoops doesn't get the the victory in this, this game after he steps in and stabilizes the program. This was how the thing was supposed to end. Caleb Williams plays really, really well. Okay, yes, now there's some drama there. Whatever. Kennedy Brooks runs wild. Bob Stoops, Gatorade bath. His son catches a touchdown pass in the game. I mean, the the hug from Bob Stoops with Drake Stoops, it just was, everything about it was awesome. Cale Gundy, first time calling plays, was sensational, Calling plays for Oklahoma. I, it just, exactly the way you would have, Maybe not exactly the way you would have scripted it. I would have, uh, at halftime, 30-3. to 3, I would have just been fine with doubling that up and finishing 60-6. to 6. But all things considered, <laughs> it was pretty doggone good.
11: You know, um, I was so happy. We've got – I got a Brian Odom interview that we're going to play later in the show. Kel Gundy's coming up here, like, in seconds. But Coach Odom was cracking me up after the game. He was He was so happy, you know, and – Obviously, it's tough because, you know, that's an inside back room that he inherited three years ago. Um, a couple of guys are in that room that he didn't necessarily recruit, but became his guys, right? Deshaun White became his guy. David Igwebu, they moved from the outside, inside, became his guy. Asamoah found a whole nother level of play under Brian. So you can sit surprise, but he Josh, speaking of I'd like to see him double it up and finish that game 60-6 last night. He was he was telling us, kind of right before we started the interview, he goes, I'm walking off halftime. You know, I'm, I'm walking towards it. The, the crowd the tunnel where Oklahoma was walking into their locker room area, both the locker rooms are, like, right next to each other inside the Alamo Dome. Like, literally, one, they're in the same hall, which is not overly unique, but, I mean, you could – you could toss a rock from one locker room to the other one underhand. And it was funny because as both teams were coming to that locker room entrance area off the field, the fans were going crazy. It was just a, it was just crimson, red. Everyone was losing their mind and, and Coach Odom was like, he's like, Here I am, walking off the field at that moment and I'm just I'm pumping my fist. I'm getting the crowd fired up. He goes, It was an awesome feeling and he goes And then after like the second drive of the second half, you're like, Oh no, He's like I'm, I, I I might want to go hide somewhere, but he, he did a great job last night. I thought calling the defense, I, you know that that one thing you wonder was, you know, was there some confusion in the back end? You know, you you, you did have two different. Even though Will Johnson did a really good job with the safety last night, we're going to miss him. And I thought Chip Miney did a really nice job with what he was able to help with with the corners. But I don't know. I don't know if, if maybe Josh there was confusion there. I don't know if maybe a, a DJ Graham still not a hundred percent. Right. I, I don't know what it was, but they, they, they struggled and maybe it was something that Oregon found that they were doing to cause that confusion because there was a couple of those deep shots where you're like, including one that was missed. I don't know how the receiver missed it. We like did, did DJ Graham just give up on that play. Is he hurt? Because those were incredibly frustrating to, to coach Odom and, If you were listening to the radio broadcast, you know they were incredibly frustrating to Teddy Laban as well, Josh.
1: I believe that. And then there was the other play where I don't know if it was a miscommunication, but Woody Washington didn't really cover the one route there. I think he thought he was going to get some safety help. It didn't arrive, and all of a sudden that was another easy catch-and-throw touchdown pass for Oregon in the second half. But, hey, whatever. Venables is here. (laughs) Vittables is here. Defense is on its way back.
11: Well, with that in mind, uh, Kale Gundy is here as well. And after his incredible job calling plays last night, we caught up with the Suter offensive coordinator, play caller last night, Kale Gundy.
0: Cool moment, Toby. I'm down here with Kale Gundy, coach. Congratulations, man. First time calling plays, and this
8: offense was churning. How special did it feel? It was really, really good. You know, I, I cannot thank enough all the coaches on our offensive staff. Um, you know, Bill Bedenboe, Joe John Finley, uh, Ty Darlington, DeMarco Murray, um, Connor McQueen, Tanner Schaefer, uh, Clayton Woods, all those guys. I mean, we, we we put a lot of time in. We worked our butts off and put a great uh, offensive game plan down. Uh, we we spent a lot of hours in that office, and and those guys helped me tremendously, and they put me in a great position just to call the right things.
0: Did you? It, it just seemed like this team found a rhythm, kind of a tough start, but then from that point forward it was just in a rhythm, Coach. So structured, so organized all week long. How satisfying was it to see that plan come to
8: fruition and be as successful as it was? Well... You know, it just goes to show that if you, you know, if you got the right game plan and everybody just does their job, you know, like we talked about, everybody's accountable. You know, each, each and every single player, every single coach, to, to just do their job. And uh, like I said, the coaches put a great plan together, and all they had to do was go out and execute. And. Um, We did that, and and it was a a great game tonight.
0: You know, and and final thought, and I'll let you go south. Oh, look at your family. I mean, your daughter, she's making the most out of the balloons and confetti right now.
8: My dad, my (laughs) my sister, my brother-in-law, my son. It's it's great to have family here. No doubt. This
0: is awesome. Um, You had to go and recruit. You, You had to do a lot of things with so much unknown, and you talked about the challenges of it, to have this moment. What does that say? Not just about this program, but about the way that you guys stuck to the plan. You well, know,
8: this this program means everything to me. I mean, I'm in the in, in. You know what? It means everything to a lot of people. You know, it means everything to a lot of Sooner fans. But uh, you know, this is this is my home. This is where I want to be, and this is I want to finish here. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm so excited for the future. Um, you know, we we've got new staff coming in. You know, the guys that left left us. They did a great job while they were here. They were 100% committed to OU and making it a better program, and they did that. And they left, and now we're going to bring new coaches in, and uh, and I think it's even going to be better. Congrats, Cal. Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: So when he
11: says the coaches that are moving on, everyone knows Brian Odom, Calvin Thibodeau, and who am I leaving out? Jamar Cain. Uh, Tibbs on his way to SMU, Jamar Kane, Brian Notum off to USC. There is um, quite a few of the guys that were helping out last night that are also on their way to, to USC on the offensive side of things. I mean, I, I don't know how much of it is actually public, but Will Johnson, who was coaching the safeties last night, I believe he's heading out west. I think Connor McQueen is joining Lincoln Riley uh, at USC a couple of other dudes I think that there's several guys who have an offer that are waiting to kind of see how things pan out. So a lot of opportunities that I think I think Josh Guys really took advantage of last night. I thought Brian Odom really showed he, he he's got what it takes to call call plays as a defensive coordinator. And he's got the right mindset. I, I, I just a moment where, you know, they had a couple of, of, of busted plays and he went over and he looked at the offensive line. Goes, I'll get a better play call for you. Get a better play call, and walk away. And then he'll come back, and then he'll be able to chew on a couple of guys, right? So it's like I got it, and it was like watching Alex Trinch. You know, he had his mannerisms. He's walking up and down and kind of talking up uh, all of his dudes. And I thought, I thought he showed he could he could be a DC last night. I thought Cale Gundy showed he could be an offensive coordinator last night. And it's interesting because you know we. We, we talk about this a lot. Some people think, oh, is Kale going to retire? Dude's 49. You know, and, and I believe he's probably made enough money where he could if he wanted to, but he's only 49 years old. You know, he's been here for a while, but, I mean, he's young. So as far as in, in coaching terms are concerned, he's still got a lot of years in front of him if he wants. And I think I think he showed last night, Josh, he could be an offensive coordinator. There had always been those rumors that, you know, Kevin Sumlin wanted to bring him out to Arizona, and Kevin Sumlin was here uh, this weekend. And I don't read too much into that. It's Jackson's dad, okay? Uh, but uh, there was always rumors that Kale Gundy wanted him to come, and or excuse me, Kevin Sumlin wanted him to come when he was in Arizona, went, but the Mark Stoops rumors in Kentucky uh, over the last couple of years. But, you know, if there was a couple takeaways last night, I thought we saw a couple of coordinators that showed that they're, they're capable of, if called upon and when called upon for those.
1: No question. Uh, Especially for Cale Gundy. I I thought he was tremendous and not afraid to just continue to pound the rock at times. I mean, if Oregon can't stop you running the football, it's okay to run it three times in a row if it's successful. And then they took their deep shots when uh, they, they wanted to, connected on the big one to Marvin Mims. Some of the intermediate stuff I thought was good. So it was. It was just excellent. And for really the first time since the Texas Tech game, and I get it, some opt-outs for Oregon, down personnel defensively for Oregon. You probably should have looked like that last night. Whatever. They went out and hung 47 on the board. And for the first time since that Texas Tech game, Caleb Williams looked like he was in control of things in this offense. 21-27 yeah. uh, of passing three touchdowns for him. So we hadn't seen that in a while. And I thought that was something that if Caleb Williams eventually is going to make the decision that he's sticking at Oklahoma, then I would feel better going into 2022 after a performance like we saw last night. So I just, yeah, can't say enough good things about the job that both Cale Gundy and Brian Odom did, which if you want to hear from coach Odom, we've got that when, whenever you want it.
11: Yeah. Well, here I I do. In fact, um, let's do when we come back. I, I promised Bob Stoops, so let's make this a, a coaching first half hour. So when we come back, you'll hear from you know Brian Odom, and obviously in what has been a, a bittersweet couple of weeks for him. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you think about Coach Odom, he was in that group whenever the announcement was first made and that first couple of coaches went. He, he wasn't in that group yet. So we'll – We'll hear from Brian Odom, and then we'll wrap things up next segment with headball coach Bob Stoops. That's when we come back, The Plank Show, mobile, mobile, on a Thursday right here on the home Well, no, we don't get to watch it, but we get to
3: listen to
11: it, which when you get two radio heads like Toby and I, it well, it's estrus, so it's not like hate fest. But uh, we, you know what? I'll tell you what know what I'll tell you what 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 a horrible thing to say
1: you know uh, what I'll tell you what you know what let me can I ask you a question
11: <laughs> I love listening to games on the radio that, that maybe I wouldn't necessarily watch on TV like no offense to Shane Beamer but probably not going to sit down and watch the Dukes-Mayo Bowl between North Carolina and South Carolina but I love listening to them so I can I can continue to hone my craft right maybe there's a Maybe there's a way in which something is described that you like and you take or whatever it might be. So, oh, yeah, I'm in stealing mode right now, listening to Brian Estridge during the commercial break. So, uh, what's uh, South Carolina's rolling early on, right? 10-zip?
1: 18-7. North Carolina just got on the board with a big touchdown run, but it was 18-zip, South Carolina. So, let's go. The fighting Shane Beamers, giddy up. So,
11: do you want to fit Bill in here real quick before we hear from the head football coach, Bob Stoops, from last night?
1: Let's do that. Which, by the way, welcome back, everybody. It is the Plank Show. He is Chris Plank. I'm Josh Elmer. But, uh, yes, let's slide Bill in on the law offices of Rod Polson Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line. Bill, good morning. Good morning. Hey, Bill. It was a
3: super night last night. Let me ask, uh, you mentioned the other schools are trying to talk to Caleb about transferring? Is that not an NCA violation?
11: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, very. It's that's frowned upon big time. And um, I, like I said, I don't know that. I haven't heard that. Um, Dusty Dvorak has been talking about that quite a bit. I saw Cole Kublik and, and Greg McElroy. They do a radio show in Alabama. We're talking about it. So it appears to be kind of one of those. I don't know known things that people are talking about that I don't know if it's really happening, Bill, or if it's just one of those enough people have said they think it's happening that it becomes you know like phone a friend, <laughs> everyone hears it, so they start adding to it. Well, I heard, but yeah, dude, that's that's really that's bad. You know, that's bad news. That's a big time. That's a big time no no in the world of college football. If you're reaching out and talking to someone while they're under while they're still at another school before they're in the portal or before they've announced their intention to transfer. That really, really bad,
3: bad stuff. I hope Caleb stays. I really do. I think and some of the sports media people, like on TV stations, need to stop trying to boost their ratings by claiming they know what's going on. Let the kid have some rest and make his decision and stop going out there and saying they know what, even like they know what's happening. Bill, you just did it for us. Thanks for the call, man. Here's the thing.
11: Do you know who knows where Caleb Williams is going to play next year right now? Nobody. I don't think. Josh, I think you hit it on the head. Um, I think you hit it on the head whenever we – and, by the way, we just – I'm such a dork for, like, racetracks.
3: We just drove
11: by the Road America racetrack, and I'm pretty sure that if I would have driven down here solo, I would have tried to pull off and go see if I could walk around the thing. Um, but I, I think you hit it on the head, especially if you listen to what he said in our conversation, he sounds like a guy that just hasn't made up his mind yet, that is very grateful for everything that Oklahoma has done. And, you know, maybe it was going to be, it was going to be a relatively easy decision. Maybe in his mind, it was, well, I'm going to go wherever Lincoln Riley goes. And then lo and behold, he comes to Oklahoma, and, wow, this is pretty awesome. And not only is it pretty awesome, but I i also, I also have um, a new offensive coordinator that I've already met with that I like. I dig the head coach. I think it's a heck of a hire. Um, so a lot of things that maybe he didn't anticipate suddenly become pretty cool for him in this place. I mean, does that make sense to you, Josh? In other words, maybe it was a slam dunk that – in his career, when he saw Lincoln Riley left, he's like, ah, that's where I'm going to end up. But throughout this process, you realized, man, Brent Venables is coming here. They brought in Jeff Levy. I, Jeff Levy, uh, this fan base is crazy about me. We just want a bowl game. Maybe a lot of things that maybe had already been decided started to change his opinion on that. I don't know. I don't think he knows right now.
1: No, I don't think he knows either. I do feel like there's a good chance that there could be a name, image, likeness, tentacle, to this sure. and that's something to follow uh, over the next week week and a half couple of weeks uh you know he doesn't have he, he's got time but it's not like he's just got a whole bunch of time the semester start here in a couple of weeks and he really kind of needs to know what he's doing uh before the spring semester starts so he's got time but it's this is going to happen over the next couple of weeks where we're going to have some finality one way or the other i will say this Caleb Williams, uh, it wasn't in the press conference last night, but multiple reporters tossed this out that while the microphones had gotten cut off at the end of the press conference, Caleb Williams made the statement, I freaking love OU, I I love this fan base. So he, he made a point to say that. It's not as if he doesn't love Oklahoma. He loves the fan base, but he hasn't made a decision.
11: Please leave him alone on social media. Please don't like to me. Just, just don't. I know y'all love him. And let him be, uh, and we'll see how things go over the next few days. All right. And if he, you know
1: what, and if he makes the decision to go somewhere else, leave him alone then. Do.
11: Right. Yeah. Good on him, man. Let, let, let him enjoy. Him. Now, with that in mind, uh, one guy who was having some good social media conversations with Caleb Williams last night was Bob Stoops, and. Uh, to wrap up this segment of our coach's conversations, you heard from Cale Gundy. Uh, we got a little Brian Odom coming up later. But here is Bob Stoops post game on the Sooner Radio Network.
0: Hi, Toby, down here with Coach Bob Stoops.
6: How, how did it feel being back out there tonight, Coach? Uh, very familiar, and uh, it was great. Uh, been a while since I felt all that excitement uh, on a heading into a game. I mean, you know. You love that. That's what you miss. You miss the adrenaline. You miss the struggle and the fight. And you know what you're in for for about three and a half, four hours. And oddly, you kind of like it, you know. So it was good to be back in the middle of it.
0: We loved it. Um, all right, so obviously got to ask about two really cool moments. Number one, to see Drake score a touchdown and to come back. Both you and Isaac there on the sideline. Carol's here to watch. I mean, that, that's pretty awesome.
6: It was awesome. Uh, he, he He ran a great route. And, you know, with the, the defense, they had kind of blitzed Caleb, and he was he, that was his hot route. He had to go to him, and Caleb threw a great ball, gave him a chance to go get it, and uh, the two of them connected. And then the other
0: cool moment, i get like the passing of the visor. That was pretty cool, Coach, uh, to see Brent put the visor on there at the end. This program's in good
6: hands going forward, isn't it? Absolutely. This was a perfect segue uh, for all the Sooners listening out there. I don't want to say I told you so. Just relax. We are gonna we are gonna be kicking butt from here on out. Brent is gonna be great for us, and uh, this was a perfect segue for that all to happen. And we're not going anywhere. How um how special was it to see some of those guys that came back?
0: I mean, you you I saw you give a hug to Brian Odom to see oh. Calvin Thib- Thibodeau come back.
6: Um, God, Jamar Kane. I hope our Sooner Nation out there will respect and appreciate. These assistant coaches, they didn't ask for all this to happen, and they jumped in and helped these players finish in such a positive way and worked hard these last this last month, and their lives were in limbo, too, and they worked through it, came back, helped these guys win this game, and they worked hard. So um, I'm very appreciative of them, and the whole Sooner family out there needs to be appreciative of them.
0: Coach, I know you got a press conference, so I'll let you go on this, but just... The Gatorade bath, I mean, what, all, all the memories that come pouring back. How cool was it to see, and not just have that moment, but to see Sooner Nation represent down here like they did?
6: Yeah, it's just what we do, uh, and, uh, and it's not going to change, and, and it was great. Um, I, I love more than anything. I love seeing the players happy and celebrating their success. That's what, uh, you know, I think that means more to us coaches than anything does, and it was, it was fun to celebrate with them. It was awesome. Coach, congratulations. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Coach.
11: Cool that That was awesome. Uh, Bob Stoops first came last night. Uh, it just we the, the, the setup for the locker rooms pretty cool inside. That I mentioned how close the home and visitor lockers are. The whichever way you want to describe it, the good guys, and the bad guys. But there is like a coach's office right next to it. There was a couch in there, so we're just like chilling on the couch, Josh, having a conversation, and. Uh, I wish I would have wrapped up with what time's your tee to time tomorrow. That was where I really messed up. And I mean, would not that be a great coach? All right, so what time's tee to time tomorrow? Because he even joked at the end of his press conference that we played for you earlier in the show, right? He's like, oh, tomorrow I'm back to the golf course. So, uh, pretty incredible, man. Pretty incredible. And you know, Toby wrapped up his pregame interview with them and thanking him. That the crowd chanted Stoops every time at the the end of the game. He's he's. There, waving his arms, doing the OU, getting the crowd fired up. I mean, uh, from one of the lowest moments at the start of this month or at the end of last month to an incredible high moment to wrap up 2021. I don't think anyone, uh, Josh, is going to forget what Bob Stoops did during this time to stabilize this program and what a finish for it.
1: Well, and I don't know. I don't know that I've said this this morning. I said that it's what we expected, but I mean, how about the job that Bob Stoops did, getting this team ready to play in this game? They, you know, one offensive series early where it didn't quite start out great, but then after that, uh, Kale Gundy and Caleb Williams and Kennedy Brooks, and the offense gets rolling, force a takeaway or two, and defensively were dynamite in the first half. Bob Stoops a heck of a coaching job by him in this game with not a ton of time around this team. So it's clear that the team was receptive to Bob Stoops' message, and he had this team ready to go, man. I mean, that's – it's like because because of everything that Bob Stoops has done over the last month, it was just expected, and I'm a little bit guilty of that myself – but Bob Stoops deserves, uh, you know, a round of applause. He had this team ready to go. It was a hell of a coaching job by him.
11: Well, and uh, I don't know how many people call what Gabe said on the radio network last night, but, you know, there was uh, – there was uh, – we, we negotiated curfews. You know, there was all those fun things about how you know, Bob Stoops was having fun in the press conferences and tequila bath conversations, but Gabe said that practices – were hardcore. There was, there was nothing laid back. And once they got feet on the ground in in San Antonio, started rolling. There was some pad popping. There was some, there was some good stuff practice wise going on. So he practiced them hard. He got them ready, and uh, Oklahoma performed. That's a great point, Josh. And I think we get we so caught up in the nostalgia. of, Wow, Bob Stoops, we got to properly say goodbye. But he showed he still got it. He can still coach, and, and he put together and empowering the, the assistant coaches and, and giving two coordinators an opportunity last night. They went with all the young guys on the sidelines. I mean, the, the coaches' booth was packed. There were so many people up at the coaches' booth because they let a lot of the young guys come down. Ty Darlington was on the sidelines. Connor McLean was on the sidelines. Will Johnson was on the sidelines. Chip Viney was down there on the sidelines. It was really cool to see some of those younger guys get that opportunity last night and bring some juice. And they all had a chance because they were empowered by Coach Stoops. It was awesome. Um, we'll do a little news when we get back. We
1: could
11: we'll do, do a news little news when 25. we return. I love it. It's Plank Show uh, again. We're taking Friday off to celebrate New Year's Eve with our family and friends, and hope you get that opportunity. So we got to fit in. Also, before we get out of here, a little fourteen playoffs conversation: Michigan, Georgia. And that uh, underdog, that gosh, I hope someday Alabama gets a break and upstart Crimson Tide program against Cincinnati. It's the Plank show right here on the home studio. We are heading down the home stretch. Uh, the Plank Show right here on the Rep with Josh Helmer at Josh on Rep on Twitter. I'm Chris Plank. you be up at Plank Show. I threw out um, some moments that stood out to me from last night. I'd love to uh, interact with you throughout the day on Twitter. So give me a follow at Plank Show. Don't forget if you really want the true scoop, what's going on. Make sure you follow us at Sports Talk 1400 at 947 The Rep and at Buzz Tulsa. So what do you say, Josh? send a little news
8: according to Josh. It's time for the news according to Josh.
6: People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. I like to eat ice cream and I really enjoy a nice pair of slacks. Years later, a doctor will tell me that I have an IQ of 48.
7: All the news that matters to us. What you're about to see is a Channel 4 News exclusive. His name is Nutty the Squirrel, and he's three years old. (laughs) How about that?
11: (laughs) That squirrel
8: can water ski. And hopefully, it matters to you. Now, with the news, here's Josh Helmer.
1: Of course, the biggest news all day long right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans. It will be Oklahoma 47, Oregon 32, Alamo Bowl champions for the Sooners. Caleb Williams, terrific last night. Kennedy Brooks, awesome last night. But elsewhere, we do have a Dukes-Mayo Bowl that is underway. And uh, we're approaching halftime. South Carolina leads this contest 18-10 over North Carolina. Rivalry game of the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. I mean, come on. Does it get any better than that? When the
11: Carolinas get together, all bets are off. You know what I just realized? You gave the score of the game from last night. I don't know in the two hours and 41 minutes that we've done this show that I've actually given the the score of the game from last night. (laughs) I think it's like the last thing on my mind is the score. So good on you because I've been terrible about breaking it up. What was the final game last night?
1: 47-32. to
11: Oklahoma.
1: Yeah,
11: I, I love it, I love it. Oh yeah, so Duke's Mayo bowl, I got an actual nice play to games tonight, and then tomorrow, a handful of good games. You get your first New Year's Day Six Bowl tonight with Pittsburgh and Michigan State, even though the two guys that are responsible for their teams being in the Peach Bowl aren't playing tonight, and Kevin's Walker and Kenny Pickett, but Josh, I, I'll, I'll
1: watch Pitt, Michigan State, it has my attention. Who do you like to win that game? Which, uh, by the way, real quick, the rest of the bowl schedule today, we told you it's 18-10, to 10, South Carolina approaching halftime. Uh, Gamecocks have the football right now. Of course, everybody on the Ref Sports Radio Network, collectively, our family and yours, rooting for Shane Beamer to win this football game, I'm sure of, no All doubt. Right. But uh, the rest of the bowl schedule looks like this from Nissan Stadium in Nashville. It is the... Music City Bowl, Tennessee and Purdue. That is 2 o'clock on ESPN. Tennessee, a a 7.5-point favorite in that. You mentioned the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Michigan State, 3.5-point favorite from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Over Pittsburgh, and then the nightcap tonight, the SRS Distribution. Las Vegas Bowl, Wisconsin and Arizona State from Allegiant Stadium. Uh, Wisconsin, a 7-point favorite in that contest.
11: Wow. I think when you ask about how I feel, I think I put Michigan State as a very, very, very high confidence pick in the uh, in the Ref Sports Radio Network full Challenge. Uh, I, I think, and I hit my, my two highest one. Houston hit, uh, Oklahoma hit last night, so I'm feeling pretty good. But I'm still like 60th place, so I don't know how you get to the top of this thing. I think it's all rigged. Um, but who would rig it? I guess that's the question. Probably a good way to get points. to the
1: top is not by picking Toledo with 44 points confidence in the first game. <laughs>
11: well, <laughs> hey,
1: the funny, part, the funny
11: part is I was right there with you. I just clicked the wrong button and got lucky that Middle Tennessee State won. So maybe things are finally going my way. But I have, I have Michigan State. The problem is I think Pitt, Pitt's backup quarterback is pretty good. I don't know who's calling plays for him tonight. So um, I'll watch, but – We'll see what Mel Tucker has up his sleeve defensively. That should be a fun one tonight between Pitt Michigan State, even though no one we know is playing in this game. But I'm excited. I'm excited because it's a bowl game that gives me a reason to watch football on a Thursday night.
1: 35 yards and Juju McDowell can scoot. Touchdown, South Carolina. Hey, by the way, the Ref Bowl Mania contest, it's brought to you by Caven's Construction Group for facilities maintenance, commercial remodeling, and carpet cleaning Call Cavens Construction Group today. Call Cavens, 405-573-3048, the number to call. So, college football playoff games, we can, we can dive into this maybe next segment here. Sure. Last bit of uh, news for you. And, oh, by the way, we've got Dennis in Chicago hanging on the lines. So, we'll get, we'll get Dennis in here before we say adios. Uh, Michigan's Daxton Hill. Questionable for the college football playoff semifinal in the Orange Bowl versus Georgia tomorrow. Good,
4: okay.
11: all right. Um, can I throw one more note for the news? According to Josh,
1: but just yes, you may. News
11: hit this. Ben announcing that Monday is going to be his last game at Heinz Field.
1: Yes, um, huge news.
11: It seems now. Remember, it was we thought it was kind of vague as to whether or not this was him saying I'm retiring or if he's going to try to go somewhere else. But it seems – well, first of all, we would want him. It seems pretty open that he is he is going to retire. So Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Monday Night Football, final home game for Ben Roethlisberger Wild. in killer's uniform.
1: Wild Great that uh, the greatest job in the history of sports will be – without a, a starting quarterback, at least uh, as of right now? What will they do? I'm sure it'll be easy, though, because, again, it is the greatest job in the history of sports.
11: <laughs> but, hey, you know what I will add? Uh, they have – I mean, their backup quarterback has been Mason Rudolph for like 32 years. And you add they, – they, they signed Dwayne Haskins this offseason, who was a first-round pick. And Washington gave up one, one year after one year, so maybe that's an option. But uh, it's going to be a very interesting place, the free agent quarterback market. If it's – well, there's not a free agent quarterback market. Maybe I should rephrase that. For I'm Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers had to mention some interesting stuff to say yesterday afternoon about retirement and kind of making sure that people didn't take his retirement conversation to mean that he's trying to force the hand of the Packers. And also making sure everyone feels with the backers. So he hit like this trifecta of trying to destroy every story on how you might view it. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm a, I'm very interested to see how things play out with Pittsburgh in that quarterback position.
1: Is that it for the news? That's it. we got to take a TO. We'll get Dennis in Chicago before we exit the door. And then we can share some thoughts. College football playoff coming up tomorrow. It should be fun.
11: Can't wait. It's a playing show on the road on the home center. What a day. What a night. Final segment. Do you want to slide in the call before we get out of here, Josh, or no?
1: Yes, let's do uh, just that. Dennis in Chicago has hit us up. Dennis, you get the final word on the phone lines today. What's up?
7: Uh, Morning, guys. Uh, First of all, I got to say you guys are rock stars because it was a late night, early morning, if you will. And you guys are on the air doing your thing, and I really appreciate that. Heck, I took the day off because I knew it was going to be a late night. So, um, good call. We should have yeah, you, you. You guys are yeah, you guys are amazing. Um, really quick, you know, listening to the the Caleb. I mean, we can talk about the Caleb thing all day long. I listened to the uh, press conference just like everyone else, and you know, I, I do like the fact that he said that he he talks to Levy. Like, every day, Um, I know it's all with a grain of salt, and and maybe it's, you know, just sensationalism, like you said. But, uh, you know, the fact that he's talking to Levy every day, uh, you know, uh, fingers crossed he's coming back. But, you know, uh, Plank, uh, Chris, I just want to know, I I think I heard you mention, and I I apologize if I missed this, but is Swenson – And I'm biased because I'm from Westmont, Illinois, and Swenson is from uh, Downers Grove, which is the town right next to me. And he he finally really got his chance this year. I mean, I I don't know if it had something to do with Lincoln. I know he might not be the fastest guy or whatever, but, man, he played a hell of a game last night, I thought. I mean, maybe being biased. And did you say he was a super senior and has a chance to come back next year, or is he gone?
11: Okay. No, no, he's gone. The, the, the super seniors. Uh, I, I, I don't know him off the top of my head, but he's one of them. Uh, Caleb Kelly, obviously. Brian Mead was another super senior. Uh, there's like four other guys who. This Spencer Jones was one of them. Who this was for sure their last season. So yeah. Okay. We're off to I don't know. I don't know what. Maybe he'll try to make a camp somewhere. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought he had his best season. And you know what, it, it, it Dennis. He was one of the most trusted guys for Bill Beanbow, and I think that says a lot. Coach B trusts you. Uh, He's not going to play scrubs, and he got him out there and made him great. It was fun to watch.
7: Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. And, you know, he started, you know, more last year, and I don't know if uh, with this year him, you know, kind of coming in second Mm -hmm. team, if you will, Um, I know last year in the bowl game he was graded as, like, the top tackle you know, in all the bowl season and stuff. So it was really good to see him have a really good game. I think he had a nice career for everything he went through with the whole Michigan thing. And, you know, yeah, again, I'm, I'm biased towards the Illinois guys that, that get that chance to go to OU. So it's, it's fun to see. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that's all I wanted to say. Um, yeah, I look forward to spring ball, man. And again, I thank you guys for everything you do and happy new year.
11: Hey, you too, Dennis. Really appreciate it. Now, listen. Let me tell you something, guys. We just wrapped up the regular season. This whole looking forward to spring ball. Now, can we <laughs> – I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot of guys that don't get either the respect they deserve or or, I don't know, the fan appreciation because – either they weren't Ballyhooed recruits or maybe a couple recruiting guys might be down on him and they don't wow you. Listen, I mean, it's, it's fair to say Oklahoma's best chances to be a national championship team would probably be with an athletic freak like Anton Harrison at tackle and to have a Wanya Morris develop at a right tackle. But guess what? It, it just didn't consistently happen. And it was really cool to see Swenson this year be a guy that could play every position, but center. I mean, I, and I think when you look back, I mean, I don't, I don't know who charged it. Maybe I'll ask Coach B. But I think Eric Swinson played every position but center on the offensive line, and uh, he was invaluable. I, I know for some reason Pat Fields is always a target of criticism, but what that dude played through was incredible. And I just realized this, and I know we're we're getting ready to wrap up, but you know, last night from everything that we've we've learned, unless there was a change of heart. And, and being around Brent Venables shapes his mind, Uh, but last night was the last game for Delaney Turner-Yell in an Oklahoma Sooner uniform, and he's got a, you know, he he was one, I didn't get to talk to him last night, but he was great, you know, and and he was a, that defense was better, significantly better this year whenever he was on the field. So, you know, they might not be dudes that you see play on Sunday. Um, They might not be dudes that um, we, we look back and, Talk about, like we talk about the Teddy Laymans, the Rocky Calvases of the world, and that's understandable. But they're, they're dudes that made a big impact on what was a solid season. All right, Josh, we got like a minute. Do you expect any surprises tomorrow night in the fourteen playoff?
1: No. I think both favorites win. I like Alabama to win, though. I think Cincinnati will, will make their plays against them. I, I don't think Alabama's going to win 41-3 to or, or something like that. I do think they'll win – fairly comfortably and then I like uh, Georgia to bounce back and remind everybody hey you know before that Alabama SEC championship game a lot of you thought we were the best team in America so I think it'll be uh, a, a rematch between Bama and Georgia. I, I, I'm picking Michigan
11: I kind of like it that's a big number but it'll be fun tomorrow night we'll be back on Monday to talk about it everyone have a happy new year what a way to finish the 2021 OU football season obviously great memories it's something we'll talk about for a long time. Stick around. We ain't doing it, dude, or next right here on the home screen.